Pastor Mark Lyndon Jones of Porth Elam Church with reflections on Psalm 23. But the Lord is my shepherd, said the psalmist, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy or goodness and love shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Father, we thank you for this psalm. We thank you, Lord, that we have read this psalm many, many times. We thank you, Lord, that this psalm has brought comfort to us on many occasions. And so, Lord, we thank you that we can consider it for a few moments today as we remind ourselves of what the psalmist is saying, anointed by your Holy Spirit. And we pray that you will speak to us through your word today. Lord, I've got very few words to speak But Lord, I thank you for your word. And I thank you that your word is as relevant today, this day, a day that the Lord has made uh, as it's ever been. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. And so we have the Lord. And the phrase that came to me um, was that the Lord is a shepherd in all seasons, including this season that we've entered and that we're going to go through um, together as the people of God, together with our families, together with our nation, together with our work colleagues, together with all those people in our circle of influence. And so Anne has already highlighted the fact that there's going to be a great opportunity for the gospel in this coming season. In a world where people will find themselves in self-isolation, they will turn to social media and the gospel will be preached more than ever across the nations. It will, it, will, it, will, it, will, it will go over barriers into oppressive nations like China, like other nations, like Iran. It's going to cross borders, you know, uninterrupted as long as the censors don't get their hands on it. And it's a great opportunity for the gospel to go forth. It's a great opportunity. We have a fantastic opportunity, you know, to take the church outside the walls. You know, we are, we are going to be forced into that situation and we have a great opportunity to speak about. And it could be that we, you know, that we let people know that the Lord is our shepherd. In this, in this particular psalm, it speaks of, I couldn't write any notes for it because I was, I was too excited, to be honest. I was too sort of, I had too many thoughts going on. So I just got to go through the headlines. I couldn't do anything like that. But well, when in the psalm, this, this has got royal connections. And we know from the guy who wrote it, David, that he had been called, you know, as a king to fulfill God's purposes. So David, speaking as a shepherd, you know, speaks about the Lord who is his shepherd. And it's really referring to the shepherd king, that he is the shepherd king, not just that lowly shepherd on the fields, but it's the shepherd king. And so we, so we see, we know from Psalm 78 that the Lord took, the Lord took David 
from the sheep pens, from tending the sheep, he brought him to be the shepherd of his people. And so that was a, obviously a, a higher calling to bring him to be the shepherd of his people. And so within this psalm, God, David says many things about God. And in an in age and in a day when everyone is panicking and fearing about so many things, you know, anybody who went to the supermarket yesterday would have seen the complete carnage that has gone on. There's one thing for a virus to be contagious, but, there, but also fear is contagious. It's more contagious than the virus. The fear will do more harm to people, especially vulnerable people in our society. As I drove back from Malvern yesterday, there were people absolutely flooded with tears on the radio, telling their story, telling about the fear, testifying to their fear, testifying to the dread, the fact they got carers coming into the house six times a day and all that sort of stuff. So vulnerable people who are living in fear because there's no anchor in their lives. And as a result of this, as long as fear doesn't take people out, there's an opportunity for people to exercise faith. And, and we're all without excuse, the Word of God says. Romans 12 says that to each of us has been given a measure of faith. Each of us. And so every man is without excuse because God has given them a measure of faith. That seed of faith that they're able to place in God to say, you know what, this may be happening in our world, but God is bigger and God is greater. And we can say amen to that as the people of God. And so we, fit, we see people, you know, you know, we've only got two toilet rolls in the toilets, okay? So, you know, but I think I, ha- I read a headline last night that, um, that there were churches that having their toilet rolls nicked. And, and a guy was mugged for two toilet rolls in London last night. And I thought, <laughs> that's funny. And uh, I've seen various things on Facebook which are very funny, you know, where people are chasing a toilet roll. Um, so within that, where, where we are surrounded by people who are trying to stockpile, who are trying out of fear, that's fear. So the fear is saying, I need to, you know, I need to batten down the hatches, I need to stockpile because they've got, no, they got nothing else to rely on. And the psalmist said here that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. What he's saying is God is my sufficiency. And so for some of us, there may be an underlying concern that this is going to affect our jobs, that this is going to affect our trust in God. The world will want to suck us in to that vacuum of fear that takes us only to a dark place. It doesn't take us anywhere. So the Lord is my sufficiency, my shepherd, I shall not be in want. God is my satisfaction and my rest. So it may be that in the time of self-isolation, you know, that we could consider that to be something where he makes me. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. And, and we have that opportunity to get closer to God. And for some of us, it's going to redefine our relationship with him. Um, Yolanda spoke that she's been praying that she wants each of us to have a fresh encounter from God. And some of us, even in the midst of this trouble and uncertainty, could have a fresh encounter with God. Because in many respects, see, what happens here is just the overflow of what happens at home. So we don't wait to come here to worship. Actually, we do that on a daily basis. That we thank God that we can rejoice in him 
you know, because this is the day that the Lord has made. If we've woken up with breath, why has he given, he's given us the breath to praise him. He's called us out of darkness, said Peter, into his glorious light. Why? So we can declare his praises. And so where we are in the public place is a reflection of what our heart and our intimacy is in the private place. And so as I was speaking to the guys this weekend, you know, there's so many pressures on guys to be this, that, and the other, and look as though they're all tough and strong and all the rest of it. But actually, the most powerful place is our place of intimacy with God. That when the enemy comes with his intimidation, we turn around and say, I see your intimidation, but here's my intimacy with the Father. And when he sees that intimacy, the enemy will run. So some of us may have an opportunity to lie down in green pastures. What better place could there be than to be in his presence and to seek his face and to say, Lord, just take me deeper. And we've got this opportunity. It's not going to last forever. It's going to be a short period of time, but actually, I want to learn from you. I want you to speak to me. I want to hear what your Holy Spirit is saying. I want, when we meet together again, I want there to be an explosion of your spirit in this place. I want it to be an, an overflow that I won't be able to resist. That I'll, I'll get fed up with looking at the paint on the walls. And that actually, you will be my focus. And I'll fix my eyes on you. And I'll be so delighted to be in the presence of God. How many times did the psalmist said that? You know, that he was delighted to be in the presence of God. That when he was taken, when, the, when they were taken into captivity, you know, they, sort of, they longed to be back in Jerusalem. Instead of by the rivers of Babylon. Remember that? Where we sat down. There we went. Because we remember Zion. See, when it's taken away, there may be some weeping. Because we want to be back in the presence of God. What an opportunity we have when we come into his presence to enjoy him. And so if we find ourselves in that place, we have to accept that as God's will and say, Lord, I'm going to maximize this opportunity. I'm going to lie down in green pastures and worship you. And in that place, God is my satisfaction and my rest. Um, I said that already. And, and God restores me. And I found it interesting that God restores me from the place of rest because the word rest appears in the word rest, restoration. So when he makes me lie down in green pastures, he restores my soul. In that place of rest, he will restore my soul. I'll have a great opportunity. We spent some time this weekend, you know, two, two occasions where the Bible says for us to examine ourselves. We considered it a few weeks ago from 1 Corinthians 11 that when we come around the communion table, a man ought to examine himself. And when we look at Psalm 139 and we see that, and we see that we're all made in God's image and he knit us together in our mother's womb and he knew all the days ordained for us. They were written before one of them came to be. At the end of that psalm, he said, Lord, search me and know my anxious thoughts. So we'll have an opportunity to say, Lord, it might even be today, Lord, search me and know my anxious thoughts. Lorette brought a great word a number of weeks ago from that. Who knows? Who, who would have known that we would have been in this situation today? where Paul says, you know, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, make your request known to God. And what follows? The peace of God, which transcends all understanding. 
And so he, he restores our soul in the place of rest. In a world that doesn't want us to rest. It doesn't want us to rest. It wants us to be on the go all the time. It wants to, to, it wants to agitate us and disturb us for 15 minutes, every 15 minutes, coming at us. But we've got to find, we've got to turn it off. And we've got to go and find God. And we store our souls in him as we come to him, as we rest in him. He will restore us. And God leads me. And so we can be sure of that, that no matter what other people might think or what the government are trying to do in terms of working our way through this or all those health officials and people right on the front line, it's staggering, isn't it? The people, the medics that are going to be caring for people right on the front line. The emergency services, you know, people being called. In many respects, they've got no choice. They're being called to duty. And we need to pray for them. We need to pray for all those making these, you know, high-level decisions because so much is at stake for our people, for our families, for our, um, all our relatives and those that we know in our communities. So God leads me. He guides me in paths of righteousness. No matter what the enemy's plan might be, God's path for us is one of righteousness. He will lead us in the right way. Amen? Yeah. And God is our comfort. Um, oh, God is our courage. I will fear no evil. That word fear is written all over, all over the media, all over people's faces, all over people's lives. I will fear no evil said the psalmist. This is a, this is a guy who faced a bear and faced a giant without fear. I will fear no evil. That actually fear will wipe out faith. So we've got to say, no, I'm going to put my trust in God because faith overcomes fear. The word says that God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound, well-balanced, calm mind. You can't be informed by the media. It's got nothing to say. You can't be informed by politics. They've got nothing to say. You've got to be informed as the people of God by the word of God. And we have got this great opportunity to proclaim the word to those that we do life with, to proclaim the word, that we might be the only ones in our workplace or without fear, but actually we can give them the reason why. It's not because we're wacky thinking, it's because the word of God says he hasn't given us a spirit of fear. But he has given us a mind, and we need to remember that. And actually, uh, Romans 12, verse 1 says that, he, that we, are renew, you know, we, we are transformed by the renewal of our mind. And so we've got a, we've got a different way of thinking as the people of God. But we don't, we, don't, we don't get a megaphone out and blast that down people's lives. Actually, we've got a great opportunity to lead them and guide them with God's love and God's comfort. You know, I serve a God who's bigger than this situation, and we're going to be praying for you. And if you need to get hold of me because you're in self-isolation, then here's my number and phone me. And I'll pray for you. And you can do that just as much as I can do that for you. And God is my comfort. Your rod and, they, and, and the staff, they comfort me. And many times I think the rod in Scripture is taken out of context. And so the rod is there to beat. And actually, it's not there to beat. The rod is there to guide the rod is there to support. The rod is there to keep you off the curb. You know, you're not going to let your, your toddlers or your children step into the road, are you? And get run over by a juggernaut. So the rod is there to support, to comfort, to guide, to nudge. 
And so that's what the shepherd did, to look after his people. And there are times when I need to communicate some things to you, I'm doing it as the shepherd. I'm doing it as the shepherd because I care for you. Because I love you. Because I know the good shepherd loves me. And so you don't have to have a go. You just have to say, yeah, it's just, it's just the rod. Seeking to comfort. Seeking to support. Seeking to nudge. Seeking to guide. So that's what that shepherd did. A table before us in the presence of our enemies. Yeah? The enemy is not going to win on this. If you, if you look at the statistics, they're minuscule in terms of world population. Absolutely minuscule. And we've got to keep the right context. If 5,000 people have died, there's 7.7 billion in the world. We don't want to lose anyone, but people are going to be lost to this virus. What we want to know is that they, they go to eternity with Christ. So we've, we've got an opportunity to speak into their lives, to speak into their situations, to offer love and comfort as the people of God, we can do that. Because we know that the enemy loses. We know the end plan. And sometimes you've got to see things in the light of eternity, and that's why I spent so many hours, and we spent hours pouring over the book of Daniel. Because it showed us the end from the beginning, and that God always had a plan, and that God was going to bring through. And what happened to that young guy? He, he lived all of his life in, in captivity, and all the time he was the go-to man. He was the go-to man. He was the guy they went to because they knew God was all over his life and they knew that the wisdom he had was a wisdom beyond their wisdom and God can give us that also. And so God is our provider and our protector. Many of you have seen it in your lives over the years that God has been your protector. He's been your provider. He looks out for you like no other. You are the apple of his eye. That's what the word says. We are the apple of his eye. He cares for us like we couldn't care for ourselves. God is our anointing. It says there, you anoint my head with oil. And that's a beautiful picture of healing. That's a, be a beautiful picture of comfort because the oil represented the medicine of heaven. The oil is the medicine of heaven. And if you've got oil at home, then anoint yourself. Anoint yourself as you read this, that he anoints my head with oil. That actually, you know, that is, that is, that is protection in Christ Jesus. That is our protection, the oil which represents the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is within us. And in him we live and move and have our being, even if we're in self-isolation. Our destiny is still in Christ Jesus. And God is, a, God is our, he anoints our head with oil and then those famous words at the end where, where he says, God is our eternity. Because he says, you know, it says, it says also that love and goodness and love will follow us all the days of our lives. So there's not one day that's left out. Whether it's in self-isolation or whether we've got freedom to move about, there's not one day left out that his love and his mercy follow us all the days, all the days, all the days of our lives. Why wouldn't it? Because he ordained all the days for us before one of them was written, before they came to be. So all our days... And one day we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's good, isn't it? That's it. There we go. Let's just have a moment to reflect. Mm -hmm.